0: everyone welcome in to the OBR film breakdown Where this show is brought to you by the Blue Wire podcast network I'm your host Jake Burns and it is your Tuesday October 25th episode I really can't believe we're already to the end of October time flying through this year uh, I, I mean football season two we are now seven weeks into this thing and you are checking in for your comprehensive breakdown which should be you know, if you're here listening to this, there's I mean, to me, you're pretty committed to this team. Four straight losses, so you're you're curious about the here. Uh, you're here to 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 understand the why, the how, what teams did in this game. And I commend you for that because you know, this is a labor of love for me. I love doing this podcast. I love digging into the film and understanding what happened. And you know, when it's four straight losses as I'm sure people in the offices of Berea and the players, so on and so forth, are having a hard time mustering up the energy right now to focus the way they need to. I find myself trying to do the same. So uh, I spent most of the day throughout the day when I could between my job and this trying to write down as much of this stuff as I could that I uh, I could decipher from this Browns game and come up with the story of what happened, right? This game was, again... We've talked about it. Four games, nine points on the year. They've they've lost those four games right there for the taking. And, you know, it starts out, at least in this one, it started out really optimistic, right? You go 11 plays, 75 yards. You run for 18. You throw for the rest. So you throw for 57 yards. Do a great job beating the Blitz. Nice 22-yard chunk play to David Njoku. You score a touchdown with a good blend of run pass. I really liked it. 6-5 split. And the first time Baltimore had given up a touchdown on an opening drive to anybody this year. Next drive, Baltimore comes out. They hit their script. Nine plays 61. But, again, the, the Browns, who have done a really nice job red zone defense, get off the field on a third and three. The Ravens run a little sprint out concept, try to hit Andrews, but the quarterback, Lamar Jackson, can't quite get his hips turned. It's a weird angle. Browns do a good job of upfield pressuring. So it's 7-3. The next drive is interesting or you could get a little frustrated. They come out. They hit a, they hit a bomb. They hit a three-level concept. Play action, catch him in a blitz, bomb, fifty-five yards down the left side. All right. So it's first and ten from the Baltimore 20. Uh sorry. Yeah, Baltimore 20 at that point. You run for no gain. Jedrick Wills full start. All of a sudden, second and fifteen. You do a nice job. Quarterback steps up, uh, finds a kind of a, a nice backside check down, and Joku for 10, third and five. Then we start talking about where the Browns struggle the most and where they've struggled the last two weeks, which is a heavy blitz down. You're at the Baltimore 15. They walk up, mug the A-gaps, bring players, walk down creepers, simulated pressure, end up bringing six guys uh, in this one. So actually, this was their seven-guy blitz, and it goes for a sack. Right? So you've had two drives. You know Baltimore is going to be the best in the business at running the clock because they run the football nonstop, but you're up at that point 10-3. The tough thing is the answer for the simulated pressure stuff is not there. So I'll talk about this more on chalk talk. If you really want to watch the video to understand it, but teams are doing a really good job. The last two weeks, new England and Baltimore of stepping into the line, confusing the protection where they're supposed to be, who's supposed to be where and causing Brissette, a bunch of discomfort and getting free blitzers at the quarterback. So that creeps up. And that's the first of five sacks. That one was an issue. Ended a drive after a big throw. You needed to capitalize. But again, when you run for no gain and then you end up taking a penalty, you put yourself behind the eight ball drive-ins, right? You come back out. The Browns actually do a really good job in this game and a very commendable job, in my opinion, of staying in their rush lanes and bottling up Lamar out of crazy chaotic situations where Lamar could throw. So they get a sack right before the end of the quarter push it to third and 17. So then you get to third and 17 and it's uh the only time the Browns run a three man pressure meaning three guys are down they're blitzing three third and 17. That's the play where Lamar sort of has all day, he's working left, the Browns are sort of trying to box him in. He gets out of a sack somehow some way. It looked like he went down, but he ends up actually gaining 7 yards. Now, you might not think that's anything, but if you if you look at where he was potentially sacked, it could have been much deeper uh, back at the Baltimore 15, and the Browns were looking to gain every single yard they could, so they challenged it. Right? I get it; it's a risk in, in in the sense of you lose a first half timeout. But I actually didn't hate that challenge. Maybe you did. I didn't hate it, but some people did. The thing that I think irked me the most is it was a it was really a no risk challenge, in my opinion. You could get some yards, get some field position. But then the punt happens. And what drives me crazy about the punt is it's like in this game between Prefer and uh, Donovan Peoples-Jones, who was the the returner, they had no clue how good, promising, strong, whatever you want to use, the leg of of Jordan Stout was, the punter, for Baltimore. I don't really understand the struggle they had getting him lined up right because there were just several times where they – you, you you probably remember this, the, but, but Donovan Peoples-Jones is retreating, running backwards to field punts that are 10 to 15 yards over his head. I mean, I know Stout doesn't have a ton of tape. He's a rookie. He was at Penn State last year. But you should have him aligned better so he's not retreating. But the thing that irked me is he's retreating on that punt all the way back inside the 10-yard line and catches it over his shoulder. Hey, brother, let it go into the end zone. It's just a, it's multiple times now we've seen that Jakeem Grant punt return solving issue manifest itself. So they, they catch it down inside the 10, right? So at that time he goes to turn up field. He only actually gets the football out to the eight yard line as he catches it down well inside the 10, tries to get up field. Nothing is there, right? Nothing is there. So they get the first play of the possession, happens all the way down. Uh, if, I, if I'm if i reading this correctly, I want to make sure I, I give you guys the accurate number. Uh, they start the drive at the 12. Sorry, so he does get it out past the 10. Starts at the 12. The first play from scrimmage, they, nobody blocks the blitzing Patrick Queen. They blitz Patrick Queen like crazy. And that's something, as the Browns run more gap scheme stuff, is how they handle blitzing backers. Because Queen did a great job of blitzing and creating backfield disruption On his several tackles for loss in this game. So then they go backwards five. Then they go the next snap. Again, nobody blocks the Will backer. Untouched, free. In this case, sorry, it was the Mike. It was Patrick Queen. Nobody touches him. That's negative four. So that drives over. They try to run two times. That drives over. Punt it from the three-yard line. The problem is the punt from Bjorquez is completely different than the punt from Baltimore. No hang time. It's 59 yards in the air, but it is a beeline missile. So DuVernay, Devin DuVernay, the returner from Baltimore, catches the football at his, like, I don't know, 40-yard line. And he catches it, and there's 20 yards of gap space between him and the closest man to get down the field. So there was no... No threat to breaking up any return. And then, of course, the lane wasn't very good, so he breaks it to the outside. Ends up being a 40-46-yard return down to the Cleveland 21. That's the same as a turnover. It's the same result as throwing an interception down there. Then, again, though, to the Browns' credit, they stop him. right? They go three plays, a five-yard run. No gain on 2nd and 5. 3rd and 5, a pass incomplete over the middle to Kenyon Drake. So they, they again, commendable. I don't think the people are giving the Browns enough credit on that uh, stuff. Pretty commendable. So then, 10-6. Browns get it back again. Now late, uh, not late, but mid-second, mid-second quarter. About 10 minutes left. And this is only the third drive they've had at the 10-minute mark. All right, so they run for 2 yards. Nick Chubb on 1st down. 2nd down, a great little concept. They check down to Farrow Brown. 15-yard gain. But for some reason, a snatch trap is called, which the NFL hasn't called many of those, but they called it on Jed here. I also talked to Brandon Thord, who does Trench Warfare, does a great job covering the NFL. And he said that there was also one called on Quentin Nelson this week, which I checked out. It was. I don't know if the NFL is changing their policy on this. I don't know if Jed, like, yanked too hard on the pull down. It was really, really peculiar. But they call that. So now you're looking at second and 18. They throw an incomplete pass that gets squatted on a screen, and then they come back and check it down on third and 18, and they only get seven yards, and they're punting again. Then Baltimore gets it back, and we know the clock's at 8.19 to start. They run their drive, 10 plays, 80 yards. This is their touchdown drive, one of two. The only long touchdown drive as they took over the football back at their own 20-yard line. Um. You know, so th- this is the one the Browns actually punted well and covered well. They take take over from the twenty. They go backwards a couple plays, and this one was really crippling. It was third and eleven. Browns are dropping seven, rushing four, almost get pressure, perfect pressure, uh, based on the coverage. Long time to develop a deep over route from Duver, uh, sorry, sorry Rashad Bateman, and. Uh, you know, Ronnie Harrison kind of playing deep middle hook just never sees him. It's a 26-yard catch, a, a nice throw from Lamar. But that was a crippling one on 3rd and 11 because you want to get off the field. Baltimore then goes 3rd and 2. They get a Lamar Jackson run down to the to the 10. And then they go two more plays down to the 17. And then Lamar scrambles down to the 10. You get the 2-minute warning, and then they run a touchdown in after the 2-minute warning. That's the Gus Edwards touchdown run I put on Twitter where between JOK and John Johnson, somebody doesn't fit it the right way, and it just is a walk in, easy touchdown. But then you're like, okay, frustrated with the Browns first half, didn't get these guys touches. Well, the Browns didn't extend two drives. They, then they finally come back out for their next drive, but there's only a minute 53 left. It's going to be heavy pass. Brissett pass for seven, brissett pass for 18. A nice catch by Njoku and catch and run, where he gets nice yak yardage on that play. Throws it to Mari Cooper for eight. Then they go second and two. Pass to Kareem Hunt's broken up. Third and two, they go with the pass to uh, Amari Cooper up the right sideline because there's just over a minute left. Peters defensive pass interference, so you get it uh, a break there. Right now you're to the Baltimore 40. They they end up going dropping back on first down. Brissett doesn't see the level uh, throw he needs to see. Negative one. So here's the situation. Right, you got to call timeout. Second and 11. Problem with this. You run a five step drop from gun and Jedrick Wills, who got beat several times on the day, doesn't handle the upfield rush from Houston, lets him turn the corner, and a sack happens, fumble, it was recovered by Cleveland, but a sack happens, you're back to your own 50, it's third and 20, you throw for four yards, you got a punt, so first half, extremely frustrating, as we all know, Browns come out in the second half, end up, Baltimore goes down, uh, I don't don't know how, how long this, Uh, drive actually took place it was actually only three plays so the Browns do a great job coming out of half sack incomplete pass on a JOK breakup over the middle right Lamar Jackson uh, again sacked for negative 12 Browns doing a great job maintaining rush lanes actually on this one to start the second half they did a a tackle in it's a three it's a three-man twist so you're exchanging the center's exchanging sorry the nose the end are crashing inside and the backside D tackles looping around They did a great job of maintaining gap integrity on the rush stuff. Did a good job, sack for negative 12. So, again, a punt. Peoples-Jones, though, has to run backwards to catch this punt. Only gets an eight-yard return on it, right? So it's now Cleveland gets the football at their own 40, though. Still great position. First play under center, three-step drop. Ravens run a cross dog Mike and Will twist blitz on a three-step under center drop. Sack, negative five. Don't block it up. Right? Browns thought they had all the momentum, Couple, couple sacks coming out of half, second and 15, short pass left for only two yards, third down, simulated pressure on third and 13, two wide blitzers caused mayhem. Calais Campbell, and then um, you know, from the far side, I'm not sure who Jack Conklin was blocking, but they both went upfield as Brissett tries to climb the pocket and throw right, which he has to throw at the sticks for a first down. As he tries to climb the pocket, Calais Campbell makes a hero play, knocks it out of his hand, fumble. Baltimore football at the Cleveland 25, right? One and two, third and seven. Browns go zero, cover zero in this uh, this one. They they blitz six. Uh, actually, I think they might have ended up actually blitzing seven on this one, but a penalty's called on Mark Andrew, or sorry, Mark Andrew's seam shot. That's when uh, Delpit gets the uh, holding. So uh, Baltimore goes, you know, several more plays, ends up getting a touchdown from a fourth and one situation. I didn't think the Browns were quite aggressive enough on that fourth and one. Cleveland gets the ball back again. Ten plays 56 yards. This is getting close now to the fourth quarter. Right? So you have uh, uh, several throws on this one. Um you know, you get a pass interference up the left sideline. You get some a couple a couple of runs from Nick Chubb, but but on third and six, they only get three yards on a backside square into People's Jones. So they kick it. So Baltimore gets it back. They run significant amount of time off the clock 13 plays only 38 yards on those 13 plays obviously aided by a penalty to give them a first down that's the snap where they run that little uh fourth and one pitch to uh to to lamar jackson which jay or uh, uh john johnson's completely unblocked and nobody touches him and he takes a terrible angle first down but anyway they end up kicking a 55 yard field goal right down the middle as justin tucker never misses against cleveland it's 23-13, still a game you can win. Browns come out and do a great job. Scramble from Tim from Brissett, 12-yard run from Nick. They did some shotgun running finally, 12 yards from Nick again. 11-yard pass from Brissett to Cooper, 22-yard run as they started to run more of that shotgun pen pull stuff that has been so good for them the last few weeks. So in this moment, 7 plays, 75 yards, only took two a 23 23-20 game, everything right in front of you. Baltimore comes back out. They don't get the first down they they, they need. There's a timeout one by Cleveland as, as Baltimore does get a couple first downs. Actually, I see that they get three, four first downs as they took over the football at the nine-minute mark. So they were marching. So they get a first down on a third and one. They get a first down on, a, on an 11-yard pass. They get a first down again on a third and one. They actually put Mark Andrews in the backfield to run that one as a motion tightened into the backfield. This ran inside zone with him. They can get it to third and two. 10-yard run from Lamar Jackson. Cleveland takes a timeout at the 324 mark. And then Kenyon Drake comes out, runs for negative one, another timeout. And then the hero play. JOK makes a great play, punching the football out from Justice Hill's hands after a cutback run on second 11. So Cleveland gets it back at the 312 mark, only down three. Okay, first down, batted down, second down and 10 run. Nick Chubb, third and five, Brissett finds a 37-yard ball down the right sideline, beating cover two. To get it down to the Baltimore 42. One yard pass. Timeout by Baltimore. 2:33, Second and nine. David Bell for seven yards on a great scramble. Third and two. This is where it's tough. Amari Cooper's 34-yard touchdown is nullified by an offensive pass interference call. This is where some of you wanted him to run it. He had one timeout. I think the Browns had one timeout. And still the two-minute warning. You wanted him to run it. So he throws a shot. I, I, Again, it was man coverage, and there was no help. It's Amari one-on-one with Marcus Peters, and he beats him. And I don't know why he felt the need to extend the arm and push because I think the play was there. The throw was there. He needed to go up and get it, come back a little bit, go up and get it, and draw a potential flag. It was right there for the taking. Unfortunately, a push-off, third and 12. Brissett does a good job getting out of pressure from Jedrick Will's side again. So you're talking about fourth and five. Now, here's the decision that's interesting. With 37, so you're at the 209 mark, you got a 55-yard field goal opportunity. Do you just, I mean, that's the question. I think if he would have gone for that fourth and five, because I could see them saying we'd rather get the first down, milk the clock down, and not give Lamar a chance to come back on with Justin Tucker, right? I could see that. But they decide to kick it, which a lot of you probably would prefer, as you don't like the aggression. The false start happens. I don't. I still don't see it. Baltimore was well past the neutral zone with two people. I still don't see it. They get flagged. They come back out. They kick again, kicking from 61. Your trajectory is extremely low. Gets blocked by Malik Harrison because you got to kick it low to get it that dis- that much distance on it. And that's sort of all she wrote. The thing that's also perplexing is that the Baltimore block happens and the, and the clock just keeps running after the ball is, is dead. The ball is on the ground dead. And I understand some people might say you have to touch it to stop the clock, where there are multiple, and I mean a ton, of Baltimore players who run out on the field, no helmet, celebrating. So there's something that was missed there. Because you would think, in theory, you would have the two-minute warning timeout, which would keep you at two timeouts instead of no timeouts. Because Cleveland uses their third timeout, and they ended up having to get the football back. I mean, the Browns only got the ball back with 24 seconds left. So that's the frustrating part. Instead of getting it back, sorry, with 16 seconds left, you had a chance to get it back with around a minute left. Frustrating, man. Little things, little things, little things, little things. Five sacks, two for 11 on third down. They cripple you. And that's why you lose a game there, 23-20. to I thought the offense and defense, both sides, played well enough to win this game. They didn't capitalize on winning plays. That's it, man. They didn't capitalize on winning plays. Played well enough to win on both sides. The best performance I've seen from the defense in a while. Uh, That was encouraging to see. We'll see if they can string it together, because there's a hellacious pass offense in Cincinnati coming to Cleveland on Monday night, so... Uh, We will take a break, and then we'll dig into some of the metrics on both sides of the ball, starting with defense. We will be right back.
1: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA member FDSE. All
0: right, let's go over the Browns defense in this one. And man, is the Baltimore offense weird. It is it is a high school football offense that they have morphed into this NFL hybrid where they run the clock and uh, they just make you stay disciplined. And it's just, it's a throwback in the in the largest sense. I mean, like, Patrick Ricard, their fullback, I guess, or whatever you want to call him, six three three ten, is in the backfield, motioning, flat motioning, kicking out, doing a whole bunch of weird shit. They they are just unique. They run so much twenty two and twelve and twenty one personnel. The Browns were in base for thirty snaps of sixty four for the Ravens to offense. They were in twenty eight nickel snaps versus anything eleven personnel. They were obviously in nickel, and then they were in. Uh, a significant amount of that against two tight ends, right? Um, the di- I mean, and the Ravens only ran 11 personnel four times in the game total. The Browns were on the field five times in dime as well. Uh, so they were in 11, and, and that was only for the three times they were in 11 personnel, and a couple more times they were in 12. Because, I mean, tight ends are like wide receivers for this Ravens team. There was one extra snap there to get to 64 where the Browns, that fourth and one on the goal line, the Browns were in uh, 2 DB, two safeties, extra linebackers, goal line stuff. Uh, in this one, blitz numbers down a little bit this week, but not many pass opportunities in general. Like, the Ravens don't throw it a ton. They blitz nine times, which is a higher percentage of pass blitzes than last week, so there were... Uh, Like I said, nine blitzes, four pressures, and a sack came from those blitzes. Lamar was only three for eight for 58 yards against the blitz. The Browns had ten total pressures. Five pressures came with only a four-man rush. And that was uh, the ten total pressures were good for second most in the NFL this week. And then they got aggressive in coverage again. This was uh, the—I take that back, actually— The uh, ten total pressures were not second to most in the NFL. The nine cover zero snaps the Browns played were second most in the NFL this past week. Four snaps of cover one, so 13 total man-to-man snaps this week. Again, continuing the trend of higher volume man than anything else. They played 28 snaps of cover three, and they actually played 15 snaps of cover four, which is a pretty big uptick compared to where they've been in their cover four stuff recently. They played some red two down on the goal line, which is their cover two little bit of cover three and some cover one snaps as well on the goal line. But they did play three goal line snaps of cover zero as well. Browns have pretty much abandoned cover two and six. We'll see if they go back to this because two and six have been, you know, effective. If you paid attention league-wide, effective against the Bengals. Weeks four through seven, the Browns have only played two snaps of cover two. 31st in the NFL, only two. They've played five snaps, good for 28th in the NFL of cover six. So they have gotten completely away from that. Right? gotten completely away from that so those are the defense notes i thought the game plan was pretty good and i thought they played pretty well jok graded a 90.6 he had a hurry in this game a pressure a batted ball five tackles that punch out fumble four stop tackles i thought he played pretty well thought he played pretty well didn't give up anything in pass coverage so i thought that grade was justified isaiah thomas surprisingly a really nice grade 23 snaps two pass rush snaps a lot of run defense snaps he had a couple tackles Two stop tackles. He gets a 77.8 defense grade. Tommy Togiai, his best professional grade in the NFL. 12 snaps on run, five pass rush snaps. He had a couple tackles, a stop tackle. He he did have a great job feeling out a zone scheme where he kind of uh, took on the down block split. Uh, When the two split, he did a great job of feeling out the scheme, the running back coming back his direction. Greedy Williams, a 69.5 in this one. Sione Takitaki, 69.4. Greg Newsome, 68.7. The two inside linebackers, Jacob Phillips, a 47.0, who we now know Jacob Phillips might be out for the year. Another year-long injury type for him as his NFL career hangs in the balance. A 47-grade. Deion Jones, a 36.2 grade for Dion, Four tackles, two missed tackles. His left arm just looks dead to me. I don't see it. The left arm just appears to be a uh, a problem for him. So... Uh, the left shoulder what he got surgery on. That's why he was on IR. But guys down in the 40s, the lower grades, Clowney, Harrison. Alex Wright, who made two stop tackles, but he also missed a tackle and didn't have a very effective pass rush game. Jordan Elliott, 47.7. So that wraps up sort of the bottom. Pass rush grades, Thomas again with his 90.5 and, and only two pass rush snaps. He had a He had a hurry and a batted ball. And I think his batted ball was on a coverage bust. The Browns completely... Um, missed on a backfield route, uh, a, a corner route out of the backfield. The Browns were nowhere near it, and they were lucky Isaiah. Tiz. Lamar was throwing it. Lucky Isaiah Thomas got a hand on it. Emerson had a nice little green dog blitz where he turned that into a sack off play action, so once he he's in man-to-man and he feels that his man is staying in, he can get after the passer and rush, so that was a huge sack. I think that was the first sack of the second half when they came out. J.O.K. is 66.8. Miles did not grade his usual strong self, 64.4. He had a sack, four four hurries, and five total pressures to lead the team, but he he did not grade all too well from a pass rush perspective. Otherwise, Taven Bryan had a sack and three pressures, two hurries. Clowney had a hit on the quarterback. Alex Wright had two total pressures. Uh, Jordan Elliott, two total pressures as well to wrap up that group. Uh, For the game, Lamar, again, only 120 passing yards, and a net 94 yards of passing. They got after him in the blitz. I already talked to you about that. When he wasn't blitzed, he was 6 of 8 for 62 yards. Under pressure, he was 2 of 5 for 27. Three sacks came when he was under pressure. When he was kept clean, 7 of 11 for 93 yards. He was... uh, uh, most effective in the non-play action stuff, 7 of 12 for 102 of the 120. So he did not do very well in play action where he was 2 of 4 for 18 yards. And usually we, you would think with Baltimore that the play action stuff would be the stuff that's best for them, but it was not great for Lamar in this one. Run defense grades, JOK, 82.1. Again, four stop tackles, Taki 81.5. Togi I, 75.4. I thought Grant Delpit had a pretty decent bounce back game, a 71.0. Two stops for him. Winfrey, sixty-seven point six, and uh, but he only played eight total run defense snaps. Newsom uh, playing a lot of slot corners, gets a sixty-seven grade, even though he didn't register a tackle. He was handling his responsibility, as they say. Grades down below: Clowney, Elliott, Wright, Jacob Phillips, John Johnson. These are again, these are the low grades. And I thought John Johnson struggled in run game. He missed a couple tackles in space that he needed to make. Missed tackle leaders, Deion Jones, two. John Johnson, one. Elliott missed two tackles. Martin Emerson missed one. And Elliott missed one. Uh, Jordan Elliott did. He had a one-on-one at the line of scrimmage and missed a third and three tackle that turned into a first down, so that was frustrating. Stop tackle leaders, three for Miles, four for JOK, three for Taki Taki, two for Grant Delpit, three for Phillips, two for Johnson, one for Deion Jones. So they gave up 160 rushing yards, but again, I didn't think it was bad. Coverage grades, JOK, 82.8. Best coverage mark of the week, right? Did a great job. Pass breakup, did a great job in middle hook, uh, feeling out a crosser, uh, you know, a, a kind of a not a deep over, but a crosser route on on a uh, Mark Andrews throw there to start the second half. Did a good job breaking that one up. Greedy Williams, sixty-eight point six. He was targeted once, gave up five yards. John Johnson, sixty-five point two. I thought John was actually decent. And JOK had a great robot technique example. If you look at the All-22 scouting notes I post tomorrow, you'll see that. Uh, Emerson gave up two catches on three targets, 35 yards. up ball up the right sideline, press man. I thought he did a really nice job of the technique, but he's not a burner. I think if he's going to play man, he has to, to get hands-on at the line of scrimmage. I don't think he's fast enough to be a mere technique guy like Ward and Newsom, and by mirror tech, that's just mirroring what the ra- wide receiver's doing and running with them, staying in their hip pocket. I think he needs to be a press guy who gets his hands on people. Jacob Phillips gave up one catch for seven yards, Delp at one of three for 26 yards, your bottom grades. I thought Deion Jones and Sione Takitaki did look lost a couple times in coverage. Jones allowed a uh, three-by-one concept to work right up the middle of the field as he was the middle you know He was middle hook, kind of looking to the three-man side, and he didn't feel out that route concept. Maybe he'll bounce back, but not his best work. So defense, again, I can't really complain about them all too much, though. I thought they put the Browns in position to win. They created several punts. They created a huge turnover late in the game. I thought it was a winning performance defensively. The effort was better, and I think a lot of us would say that's all we can ask for. We'll see if they can string multiples of this together. We know how random the Baltimore offense is compared to the rest of the league, but an encouraging day from the defense, in my opinion, one more quick break. And then we will be back and finish up on offense. All right. So let's finish with the Browns offense, Uh, a weird game because of some injuries and and the like, and all of that. But uh, the Browns ran 56 total plays in this game. 38 came from 11 personnel. You had 12 personnel for 15 plays. Uh, You know, obviously, David Njoku's ankle injury impacts that whole thing. They only ran one play from 13 personnel. And then uh, had a couple times in the game, 22 personnel with two tight ends and Kareem and Nick both on the field at the same time. Uh, The Ravens played against the 11 personnel snaps. 27 of them were in nickel, 8 were in dime. 3 of those were in 7 DB looks, or dollar as some people call that. And then... Twelve personnel, thirteen of those the Ravens played base. Two of those they played dime, so um, they mix it up. The Ravens like to use a lot of defensive backs at times. They blitz the Browns nine times. They got three sacks on those blitzes for negative twenty-five yards. Two completions the Browns hit for seventy-seven, but ultimately not uh, not enough. And in the game, Brissett against the blitz, six. Uh, sorry, five of six. For 87 yards, which on the surface is good, but there were nine dropbacks and three sacks happened. And on those three sacks, we know the negative ramifications of all three of those sacks. And those are drive killers for the Browns who do not create a ton of downfield explosive pass predictable situation outcomes where teams don't think they could run. You know, you get the Browns in third and 15. They don't complete or uh, convert or complete those very often in this game. They were two for 11 on third down. So you can understand that. Um, in the game, the run game stuff is heavily discussed. And, and, and anytime the Browns lose, they, everybody, I've just yet to see anyone ever say, man, you know what? The Browns are giving the ball to Nick Chubb enough, right? It just is not ever going to be that way. They want more, more, more running. And, um, I thought though, that they were okay in this game for the most part, given Nick 16 carries. The thing I like is Nick is getting more carries than Kareem because that should be the outcome. But, schematically the Browns in this one had a little wrinkle. They would put the tight end in motion and kick out snap. When he was in motion, they would snap it and kick out the end and pull up inside with the backside guard. So they ran that sort of, um, power concept with a Y lead in motion five times, but it only resulted in 19 yards. Those were under center runs. They ran outside zone five times for 18 yards. They ran power from the gun two times for 18, so that was successful. They ran that, the the flip to that power lead uh, from, from your from your Y, your tight end, they ran counter, which instead of using motion, all it means is now we're going to use the, the pulling guard to kick out the end, and then we're going to take that wing tight end and pull him up and through. It's just flipping rolls, but you call it counter or you call it power based on the concept. They only ran that three times for eight yards. Where they found their most success was just the same as the week prior, which is a very popular concept against teams that like to play flat down the line, sort of walked up defenses, which is the gun pin pull stuff. They ran four times. They ran that for 34 yards. And Nick is really patient at it, pretty good at it. Popped a run for two runs for 12 and one for 22 in the fourth quarter using it. I don't know why they went to that so late. They ran a draw that went for negative five. That was the only other scheme that, that is of note here. Uh, screen game stuff. The Browns are 11th in the NFL in screen yards right now, 14th in attempts. So they have dialed it back some as teams have started to squat on the screen game. 10 of 19 this year have been for first downs. So they threw uh screen game in this one. Six uh, total dropbacks in screen. Four of five completions, only 25 yards. They did get a first down on... Uh, three of those screens, so it didn't end up working out. A couple of those screens are those little power shovel flips to the tight end, so that's what PFF logs as screens. I think True Media logs those as screens as well. Looking at player grades from the game, uh, this one, uh, the best grades were Nick Chubb, Joel Batonio, David and Joku. Such a shame he got the ankle, and it was a really weird ankle injury. He got he caught one of those power shovels for a first down. I guess he got hurt there because he played the next play blocked, and then left the field. He didn't look like he was limping all too bad. It was kind of a strange thing because usually you get a pretty severe reaction to a high ankle sprain. Kind of said today it would be out two to five weeks. We'll see what it looks like. Maybe a return after the bye week if all things go well. Jack Conklin was a 79.8 grade. Farrell Brown, before he left with a concussion, was a 71.2. Harrison Bryant, 67.1. The bottom grades in this one, Jedrick Wills with a 32.9. He was the weak link all day. Uh, and then, uh, but again, outside of that, I mean kareem hunt with the fifty five point three donovan peoples Jones with the fifty four point nine not totally sure why I thought he was fine oh, it's because he fumbled on that last play, and they heavily uh they heavily uh, punish fumbles and that uh but it was a meaningless play at the very end of the game. Brissett passing grade fifty six point six sounds about right to me he had two big time throws, two turnover worthy throws, one ball batted down, five sacks on eleven pressures. Couple scrambles, he comp- he was a b- part of nine first downs total on the day. When he was kept clean, he was pretty good, 19 of 22 for 204 when they kept him clean. Under pressure, 3 of 5, 54 yards, 5 sacks, obviously come when he's under pressure. Not blitzed, 17 of 21, 171. When he was blitzed, 5 of 6 for 87, but we referenced that 3 of the sacks came when he was blitzed. Play action, 5 of 6 for 80 yards, including that 55-yard bomb. No play action, 17 of 21, 178. He did have two turnover-worthy plays on non-play action stuff as well. And then uh, no screen stuff, Those 18 of 22. His 20-plus yard throws were his best graded stuff, where he was 2 of 2 for 92 yards on those deeper throws. Uh, Those were two of his big time throws, the one up the sideline to Donovan Peoples-Jones and then the early play action throw to uh, Amari Cooper on the double move up the left sideline for 55 yards. So I thought Brissett was fine. A B-minus game could have been better. Has to take care of the football in the pocket on that fumble that cost them. The offensive line wasn't perfect, but they were still pretty good. Still pretty good. So we're going to talk rushing grades. Nick was a 90.6 run grade, really, really strong. He forced five missed tackles, had a long of 22. He had three 10 plus yard runs. They did not run much zone in this one. Nick only got three of the five zone runs, 13 gap runs. So he created one explosive 15 plus yard run. That was, a, again, I referenced that 24 yard run um, or 22 yard run earlier. And then um pass blocking he had actually the better of the two grades a 76.2 which nick has struggled in that of recent uh and and kareem actually blew a block that ended up leading to a sack so he gets credited with uh, a pressure on that Um, second drive where they had the third and five at the 15 yard line and took a sack from kyle hamilton as i believe who got to him receiving grades and joku in 81.6 he was phenomenal his seven catches on seven targets 71 yards I hope he's not out long. He was, he's having such a great season. He really You could see him turning the corner and the offense fitting around him. Amari Cooper, a 63.4, brought down heavily by that penalty that he forced on that last throw. Peoples-Jones, 53.5. Kareem Hunt, 52.4. David Bell with uh, one catch for seven yards. Seems to be the theme for him. Every week is just a singular catch. So not uh, too much to speak of there. Pass blocking. Conklin was great, 81.1. Did give up one pressure, um, but he was really great in, in pass-blocking scenarios. Harrison Bryant, 79.1 on four reps. Your best other two in pass-blocking, Betonio and Posich, 73.4, 78.7. One pressure each given up. Where they were hurt was Yodi Froholt had a 32.4. He gave up three pressures in his spot. That's why Teller's former spot. Two pressures in 12 true pass-set scenarios. And then Jedrick Wills, 36.7, where he gave up a pressure, a sack, three pressures. He gave up a hit, a hurry, and a sack. And then, um, you know, all three of those came in true pass sets against Justin Houston, who the veteran, I didn't expect that, but uh, the veteran uh, ate him up. Run blocking, Batonio gets the best mark of the day with an 88.1. I thought he was great when he was pulling. Conklin, 75.7. Froholt, 67.5. Down at the bottom, Jedrick Wills with a 46.0. Man, they needed they needed Jed to be better in this game, and he just was not good enough. Really, really tough in both phases. He did not play well. I don't know. I really don't know where it's going. I still think he's uneven. He's not earned a big contract. I would imagine they give him a fourth-year option, and, sorry, fifth-year option C from there, but he hasn't earned an extension, I'll tell you that much. He has not earned the extension yet. So... That part of it is that part of it is tough. So, but again, the Browns can't convert enough. If they convert more third downs, they probably win this game. They had a chance going down the field to tie it. They had a chance going down the field to win it. Did enough. They went for 336 to Baltimore's 254. The difference is a singular kick and not getting in a better position to make that kick to tie it or converting the touchdown on that third and two throw down the right sideline. That's it, man. That's it. So, uh, listen. I've talked at you enough. We're forty minutes deep in this pod. I hope you hope you enjoy these kind of the storytelling and going through the schemes used and coverages used and all of that stuff and kind of deciphering what happened in this game and why it happened. Because I think it's important to do that. If you're always interested in more, you get all of that in chalk talk. You get offensive line, some stuff from the quarterback perspective from my end, and then John Stephenson comes on to talk defense. So we are. Always going to do that on Tuesdays, and you can watch the replays on the OBR Twitch or OBR YouTube if you are so interested in tying video to what you're seeing. I hope to release them all 22 scouting notes. Fingers crossed. The kids in our household, one's dealing with RSV, the other is dealing with a respiratory infection. The sickness never stops when you got kiddos at home, so I'll see if I can carve out some time to finish that up tomorrow. But anyway, guys, I appreciate you stopping by, listening, appreciate your support that you give to the OBR and this podcast. I'll be back tomorrow with Jerry Mueller. Check that one out for your Wednesday show. Otherwise, have a great Tuesday. Thanks again for stopping by and go Browns.
2: Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about, but why? What do we know about magnesium?